Ladies and gentlemen, before we get into cheap heat, let's talk about that fantasy focus podcast, baby. You're trying to know everything going on in fantasy. You're trying to win your fantasy league. So what do you do? You listen to Fantasy Focus. You know this. It's one of the biggest podcasts in the world. Subscribe wherever you find ESPN Podcast. Shouts to the Fantasy Focus Podcast. Enjoy. Yes, sir. We promised you a great main event here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the world's number one sports and recreation podcast, Cheap Heat. We record this on today on a Thursday afternoon. A nice afternoon here in New York. I'm guessing a nice afternoon in the physically large city of Philadelphia. SGG, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, yes, it's uh, it's wonderful here in Philadelphia this afternoon. Oh, I like that shirt. You haven't seen this shirt? I don't think I have. Oh, yeah. John Cena bootleg with him wearing a hieroglyphics hat and a Celtics jersey. I like it. Oh, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> kind of fire. I like it. Uh, I like it. By the way, shout out to the uh, my, my page, the Ultimate Wrestling Merch. I hope everyone's following along. I've been actually posting a lot of content on there, including today. I was on IG stories on the Ultimate Wrestling Merch, and SGG, I found into a... I ran into, I should say, a mini trove of original Greg the Virgin shirts. I saw that. I saw that. I saw the Monday Night Rosenberg peek out in there, too. I saw, yeah, I found two Monday Night Rosenbergs, about eight virgins, one Uptown Malcolm, which is mine, because I was the only one I, I can find. Um, and I actually found, I think one of them's for Dip, because he doesn't have one. I found two of like the, uh, you know, the cartoon face cheap heats. Yeah, yeah. So the I one found, right behind you, right over your shoulder. Yeah, exactly. Just like the one if if you were watching on Zoom, which you're not because it's private. But still, you get the idea. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I found I found a stash of of uh, cheap heat shirts. So I'll say this: I received a DM on the Ultimate Wrestling merch. From someone trying to get one of the virgins and someone trying to get one of the the, the Monday Night Rosenbergs. Um, I have to go back and look at the actual sizes and write down what I have. But if you want to email at rosenbergbeats at gmail.com, if you're trying to get, I think it was a medium Monday Night Rosenberg and an, and an XL Monday Night Rosenberg, I think. I got to look. Um. And then, if or if you're trying to get the virgins, um, I have it's probably a total of about ten shirts. So RosenbergBeats at gmail.com. But let me just say, I mean, as someone who's in the vintage game hard, mm-hmm. nothing like finding a stash of dead stock. I mean, these don't exist anymore, and they're brand new. They're they're, they're st- not going. They're not going back. There's not going to be. No, these are st- and and this is the original, um, still folded up the way they were originally given to me from. Uh, the distributor. So that was exciting. Um, and uh, also, I want to mention, let me get a couple of plugs out of the way. Relaunched my Rosenberg Radio podcast. I don't know exactly why. Maybe it's out of boredom. Maybe it's a general sickness. You know, something wrong with me that I still have more words to pump out of me. But it, it feels like during this time, there's so much going on in the world, and I don't necessarily, as many platforms as I have, I don't think I have the platforms to pontificate on some of the things going on. Right. You know, like I on on ESPN, I can't do it. And on hot, I can sort of do it, but I can only make it so far without Ebro interrupting me because it's his show. So 
I I I need I needed a I need a space a safe space SGG if you will yeah if, if you will um actually I should have you come on at one of these days so we can talk sort of comfortably about the state of the world um oh yeah happily I gladly do I know that. you have things to say as well so at Rosenberg Radio uh sorry it's Rosenberg Radio is the name of the podcast so wherever you listen to Cheap Heat whether it's on Spotify or on the podcast app. You can just search for Rosenberg Radio and subscribe to that and listen as well. Um, that would be really, really dope. I'm still up on the Cameo at Rosenberg Radio. Shouts to everyone who reaches out on there. What other plugs that I have, SGG? Um, I think that's all for right now. I think that's all. <laughs> that's uh, it? You sure? That's it. And and by the way, I am going to sell some stuff on the Ultimate Wrestling merch page. Like, today I ran into um some... I, Two old rock jerseys that I had, a blue one and a the black. hockey joint? Yeah, a black and blue and a black and red. Um, and I found like almost a dead stock rock shirt. Maybe it's been worn once, but actually SGG, you might want this joint. It's SGG size. I believe it's two X and it's <laughs> and it says um and it's a finally the rock has come back to New York shirt. Oh, you sure you want to let it go? And why do you have a two X? I don't ask me. I don't. Some of the stuff I have in the storage is like, there was a time when I guess I was just grabbing up. I think people were giving me vintage stuff. A lot of that okay. rock stuff was stuff people were gifting me. Um, and I appreciate that, by the way. Anyone who's gifted me sweet vintage stuff, I'm super appreciative of. But uh, yeah, so I, I have some stuff that's just been sitting around. Um, and some of it's too big. I just I'm, I'm not going to wear it. And it's not me. Um, although I will tell you. I came by a vent. I'm not going to post this on my Ultimate Wrestling merch vintage page because I'm not trying to really let people know that like this is kind of the the, the waters I'm I'm swimming in right now. Um, I only tell the people close, and I consider the cheap heat audience who I'm close to. Yeah, but family. I, this is family. But I've been getting some of the newer vintage stuff that that I think is on the verge of becoming classic that needs to get got from the early 2000s. Yo, I came up on a Booker T-shirt. Like it's hard to picture a quintessential Booker T shirt. Yeah, is it a King Booker or is it like a Booker T? No, it's a Booker T. I don't think there was a King Booker shirt. They should have should have been a King Booker shirt. I can't picture one, but I, I feel like look. King I don't know. If I don't think there age. was, but it's 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 this one. The Booker T is like the silhouette of him of doing this. It's like mm-hmm. a five time, five time. It, it's a silhouette. It's almost like um. It's almost like I, don't an think Ob- I know this shirt. It's almost like an Obama type shirt where it's like it's like a, a color silhouette of him doing looking at his hand for the five time five time. Um and on the back it just says, Can you dig it, sucker? And on the front it th- by the way, the, the silhouette is in like an, a major league baseball type looking box. It's okay. Like, it's like that. Yo, I found I found it for nine ninety nine. What? Because people are still not really going after hard the early the early 2000s yet so you can find a gem in, i mean I, it, it took a random search for me to find this one don't get me wrong but and and i'm looking constantly but it was yo it's still it's 2002 like that's pretty classic yeah booker t 2002 is still pretty classic that's right when he's getting that run too right he's about to oh yeah he's fought triple h or he's about, about to, to about to have the run with triple booker is right Right around the corner. A couple years away, so it's very early for for book. Anyways, um, I'm going to throw some stuff up, though, on my um, Ultimate Wrestling merch for sale, too, because uh, I, I, I can't completely pack my house, and I've, I've been a little bit crazy. But SGG, what's going on outside the ring in professional so, wrestling? So I see you have on the John Cena shirt. We discussed that outside the ring. It's being reported that uh, it was first reported by Mark Calter, um on Tampa Radio Show that John Cena was married on October 12th. So John Cena is now off the market officially. He uh, married his girlfriend, Shay Shariatzadeh. I hope I pronounced that right. I'm sure she'll uh, be upset. So if, that, you, if you didn't, you got some answer. You got some explaining to do. I know. I know. I have, I have, I have a problem if I didn't get that right. But uh, congratulations to John Cena. It's also being reported that he's the new voice of uh, Honda. Hmm. Yeah, well, that's a big bag. That's a heavy I wish you would have told me I was in the market for a vehicle. You that's right. Said something. 
We could have been won over. So, yo, one day, it will never happen. But what a 30 for 30. What a 30 for 30 about what the hell was going on with John Cena and Nikki Bella. Yeah, it will never happen. If it hasn't if it hasn't been put on total bellas, it's not happening. No, right, exactly. And it wasn't. Like whatever really happened, I don't think ever was on TV. So no. obviously it's private. But they didn't even say his name the season after the breakup. He instantly became uh my ex. Oh, really? Like didn't even mention him his name at all. He just became my ex. Yeah. I'll tell you, man. It's it's crazy though because they went from she was so in love they had the the proposal finally happen on WWE TV to maybe the all time fastest breakup both in new relationships one with baby one married it was yeah. just about as fast as you'll ever see yeah both married right didn't she get married did she Did get married too? She yeah, might be she, engaged, actually. Yeah, I can't remember if she got married or they just had the kid, but... Um, She's definitely engaged, though. And it, and it wasn't really one of those things where it's like, well, it wasn't really that fast. It's that we all found out later. No, everyone was living it basically in real time. Yeah. You know, yep. and, so I guess I guess they were both at a stage where they were ready to take a step, but at, for some reason, not with each other. <laughs> yeah. Because they both, you know what? they moved on. So good, good for them for figuring that out, though, too. Because, you know what's uh, a great point, SGG? Because obviously that, was, that obviously it wasn't the fit. Mm-hmm. Or it wasn't when the you fit. you realize that at the wrong time, it, then it just has a whole different set of problems come with it. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, obviously, for whatever reasons, that seriously, unbeknownst to us, it wasn't supposed to be, and but it is interesting that when I saw that he got married, too, I was like, wow, damn, that was all all in the period of what, like, I guess two years? Two from, years. Maybe a little more yeah. than two years between the engagements off and there's <laughs> and there's a child in the world, the, the human who exists. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyways, um, all right, what else going on? Um, Sam Roberts uh, reported, he, well, I guess he said it announced if he, you can't report on yourself. He announced, I guess I should say, that he's going to the WWE Network. The Not Sam Wrestling, he, he clarified that it's not the podcast, uh, that the podcast is still going to run separately from this and that uh, the Patreon is still going to run separate from that, but that he will also have a show on the WWE Network coming this month. I think it's coming... In about two weeks, October 22nd, I believe, is the date that was announced for Sam Roberts' WWE Network debut. Yeah, I saw I saw his announcement earlier today. And we, him and I talked a long time ago about the fact that he was completely capable. Like, given the studio he has, mm-hmm. he is fully, like, Sam's studio is a fully operational studio. Have you been in the studio? I've only seen videos and pictures, but, oh, like, yeah. it looks... It looks mage. It's a. Re- it's exactly what it looks like. It's like Wayne's World, yo. It's his basement, and it's a really, it's a really pretty legit TV studio. Like, I don't see what, I don't really see what would be missing from it. How it would gain anything to be like, I don't know what would be missing from it. Yes, I'm sure there are better cameras that exist, etc. Things like that for a TV network. But besides that, he's doing pretty great with what he got. The layout, like, it looks pretty fire. Like, he really built a a proper studio. It was one of those moments when I saw it and I was like, damn, house life, huh? These are options you have. (laughs) I mean, I guess you could do it in in a Manhattan apartment if you had a really gigantic apartment. If you had one, like, the full floor joints where you could be like, oh, I'm going to the. To the West Wing. Yeah, if you had, if you had, I need, I would need, I I want to, my dream is to one day, not dream, my goal, a goal of mine is to buy the apartment next door and have both into one big apartment. You knock down the wall? Yeah. Not this wall that I'm sitting next to right now, I believe is their living room. Okay. And then there's a bedroom on the other side. So like 
It's far. Like the other bedroom would be far from where I am right now. It's like it was, it was a ways <laughs> down there. That if if I did that, then maybe I could take a room, my my current bedroom, and turn it into a full fledged working studio. But that's still a major sacrifice given the amount of space you have. But you wouldn't you wouldn't you, you wouldn't you take their bedroom and make it into the full because you already got this set up right. So you knock down that wall. You're in a totally new space. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't before you even get attached to that space, wouldn't you just turn their bedroom into your studio before you even because you know, then you got like it's move your bedroom over? It's an interesting thought, SGG. However, a couple a couple of reasons. One reason would be. Sometimes there are reasons where it's not a bad idea to switch your bedroom up every once in a while. You know what I'm okay. saying? You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? I, I get that. Every blue moon might be a good idea to switch it up, change the old the old feel in there. And also, if in this fantasy world of my pretend house that none of our listeners have seen, understand, or care about, I <laughs> I would also be turning my current living room probably into future children's rooms. So that whole area would probably become different, and then I would want my bedroom to be nice and far away from those kids' bedrooms on the right. other end of the house. But then would you want them to have access to the studio to just it's roll great, it in there? It's a great like, point. Make a but by, it's, you're not going to be able to fight it. You're not going to be able to fight it. I mean, one day, they're going to be teenagers who are sneaking in there to smoke blunts and listen to music on Dad's awesome equipment when I'm gone. I mean, it's going to be life. That's true. Parents are gone for the weekend. Oh, let's go in dad's studio, listen to all of his stuff, smoke mad weed. You know, <laughs> this is life. That's true. Anyways, this SGG, so Sam's starting his show on the network, but um, SGG and myself are starting our own network on HGTV, our own show on HGTV. <laughs> That's right. We're knocking down walls. We're doing all kinds of stuff. That's right. The main the main event coming to HGTV. Yo. Um, now SGG, anything else? The last thing that I have is, uh, PWI put out their women's 100. Okay. And Bailey is number one mm-hmm. on the PWI women's 100. So far, we know, uh, the top five Bailey, obviously at number one, uh, Becky Lynch at number two, Oscar, number three, Charlotte, number four, Sasha Banks. Number five, which I think is too low, but uh, I wasn't consulted that's on this. Weird. That's, uh, that's the weirder part is that you weren't consulted. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't understand that. Yeah, me neither. But yeah. Bailey, Becky, Oscar, Charlotte, Sasha. One, two, three, four, five. The PWI Wrestling I mean, listen, 100. If it's about wrestling this year, I don't know if it's Bailey number one. But if it's about the overall impact of the character and et cetera, I mean, it's totally reasonable. I mean, they run. It goes from October to September, I believe, is the the evaluation period. And I mean, yeah, she was pretty barely, big from the second SmackDown started on Fox till now, right? Yeah, I mean, listen, SmackDown Women's Championship, which she's the champion right now. Um, you know, so it was something crazy, like of the past. 500 or, or, you know, 500 days, she's been champion basically the whole time. There's only five days in that period where she hasn't been champion. Over 500 days? Yes. Any championship, you mean? The SmackDown Women's Championship. She's been champion the whole time. So I think she lost it and then, like, got it back five days later and has been champion the whole time for over a year. So she locked down that spot already because it wasn't like, that's, especially that's, that's this second to argue. run. This second run has been, you know, incredible with the heel turn, the new look, the new music, holding all the gold with her tag team partner at one point in that run. I mean, she she padded the resume. When, when was where on the where on the uh, where on the chart is the first AEW name? Um, they only released the top five. So there isn't an AEW name yet. And, I mean, when you think about uh, maybe like a Rhea Ripley or even an Io Shirai. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't, yeah, they may not make top ten. Yeah, I don't think there is someone. I mean, 
Britt Baker needs to be there at some point. I mean, she's had an impact on AEW, but like not ahead of the people that we're thinking about in WWE. Uh, and she's ahead of everybody in AEW. Even like, unfortunately, Nyla Rose, who had a lot of promise. I feel like Britt Baker jumped her a little bit. Yeah, I, I've I've long said the AEW women's division is a, a problem, and not just for the reasons of they don't get a chance, but also because the the talent pool is is cool, but it's not relative to their competition. It's not strong enough. Um, yeah, it, I no. mean, if if we're looking at this thing as competition, um, <laughs> they certainly are. Um, now let's so so we can use Bailey as a jumping off point to go to the draft, which started last Friday. Um, and they gave us a random, I mean, it, it ended quickly, SGG, but what was the point of giving us a random, free, unpromoted Bailey sasha match? I, I have no idea. I thought... <laughs> what I the thought, hell was going was on? Thinking, I thought it was time, I thought it was going to be the time to, like, pull the switch and then, uh, you know, throw the strap on Sasha and then break them up, but... Um, Bailey's still on SmackDown. I believe Sasha's still on SmackDown. And Bailey's still the champion. So literally the match did, unless it was to pop a rating, which is, you know, entirely possible. And honestly, should be the goal. That's the whole point, right? They do a TV show. Um, but, you know, from a fan standpoint, this really didn't do much of anything because Bailey got the DQ win, um, the feud which should be, I don't want to say it should be over, but there should be some distance between them. It looks like it's just going to continue with them right next to each other for who knows how long. Wait, so they both ended up on SmackDown? Yes. Sasha was drafted um, SmackDown's first pick of the second round on Friday, and then Bailey was drafted as SmackDown's first round, first pick, on Monday, and yeah, people were hoping that the that the play would be a separation of them eventually getting back to, you know, problems. I I'm, yeah. I I don't need that. I I'm okay. My point is though, why are you giving us a random match? Talk about not understanding the importance of this story and trying to get this right. I mean, the the deck could not be stacked higher against Sasha and Bailey. They have had so many times where this breakup and fight thing has not played out the right way. We we all have concerns about it getting done the right way, and then when you see them having a random match on SmackDown, it doesn't make you think it's going to get done the right way. Right. So I, <laughs> and it didn't with the DQ, I, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, listen, at least they barely touched, and the DQ happened quickly. They didn't have much of a match, at least. But, yeah, I mean... I don't need it. I don't need them to be on separate brands, but I do need this to end at WrestleMania or or have a match at WrestleMania. Right. And, and that's why separate brands is ideal cuz then they, you know, you could stretch it out a little bit. Which leads us to probably the other biggest draft story um which is a lot of people were upset about the New Day being drafted apart on SmackDown. They did it in sort of interesting way, although in a also very obvious WWE drafty nonsensical kind of way which is there was a match um a new day tag match and then after said match um while they're all standing in the ring Stephanie McMahon comes out announces that the new day Kofi and Xavier Woods have been drafted to Raw and then and then um, and then the next draft pick coincidentally is Big E getting drafted back to SmackDown we'll also get to another thing we should talk at some point about how Drafting someone to your own show—it's just the language doesn't work for me. It's 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 weird. But yeah. So at first, I was annoyed by this the way everybody else was. I thought Chick Foley put up a really good post. Shout out to our friend Chick Foley, who does a, a podcast and 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 does a lot of social media about wrestling. And she made a, a really compelling post about why is this the way you do it. Of all the ways you could do it, this feels so silly. And I and I, I was kind of with her at first. And then, like, I thought about it as the days went on. And I don't know, SGG. I don't know if I hate it. Like, I, 
in a lot of ways, it's sort of different than what you expect from a tag team breakup, which is usually just a quick turn. One person turns on the other, and you guys know I've wanted to split amongst them for a while now. I think, you know, six years or whatever it's been is a hell of a run. I'm ready for some sort of something else. But this is a way of doing it actually kind of differently and maybe prolonging the eventual split in in another sort of way under different terms. So like I don't know that I hate this. Like every it kind of worked everybody. Everybody got really sad to see them split up. Isn't that sort of the desired goal? Yes, I think I think we get the like traditional split. Uh we're recording this on Thursday. I think we get it tomorrow night on SmackDown cuz they already announced the new day farewell match. And um Oh, so you Honestly, think you think they're going to turn on each other tomorrow? Yeah, I think because remember, you know, Woods was injured. Kofi sort of gave Big E the blessing to become a single star, which you know he took and he ran with it, and then they sort of come back. I feel like I don't want to say really quickly, but when they come back and join Big E, you know, he sort of telegraphs that he's not all the way feeling it like he was enjoying his singles run so i don't know maybe we get like the traditional breakup um well that would really well that would super work against my argument then (laughs) because the point because the point of what i'm saying is that this is at least different but if they do that if they if they did this random breakup and then they then they turn on him coincidentally like tomorrow he's gonna turn on i mean and he turns on them immediately um yeah, I guess you could be open to that because when they were all celebrating last week and he had just had his brutal match, I was kind of like, damn, you think he's really in the mood to like celebrate this right now? He's like sweaty and beaten up. Yeah, yeah no, he didn't look he didn't look in the mood for any of that at all. Um, I, let me just say this. Then, I, I, I understand why it annoyed people, and let's be real. The biggest problem here is not in the specifics of the New Day switching brands. You, we'll see how that plays out. The biggest issue here is that the draft is and has always been fundamentally flawed. It could be something that's really cool and really good, and while it has moments of fun and props, they finally did something that makes a lot of sense. They had a little ticker on the bottom of the screen on Monday and Friday, (laughs) a very basic sports move that makes it feel like a real draft, a ticker saying who got drafted where, But SGG, beyond a couple of little details that make sense, generally speaking, the draft is, to me, has been and still is a missed opportunity. Um, Yes, because they don't do enough for a reset. And, I mean, honestly, the way WWE executes their draft, a lot of things, you know, don't make sense. Particularly with this one, with Stephanie announcing all the picks, it's like, whose picks are these? Are you representing Raw and SmackDown? Are you just the company representative, just like reshuffling everybody? I don't, like, I don't really get why that's... Were you picking against yourself? Yeah, I'm not sure why they use Steph for that. Like, yeah, they don't explain why it's her. We we no, we no longer have GMs. I don't know why they decided that not having GMs is a good thing. I don't know why all of a sudden over the last six weeks it appears that Adam Pierce is the all-being <laughs> GM of everything. <laughs> right. like, I, I don't understand it, bro. Like, we why... Why is this the way we're doing it? The draft is such an opportunity. Um, I think they could do it on a night that's not a part of Raw or SmackDown. I think they could make it a fun show that feels like an actual draft. I don't know why it it has to be part of the wrestling show where you're doing the draft and you're having matches. So at some points it feels like a draft, and at some point it just feels like a regular episode of, of Raw or SmackDown. It goes across both shows, which is a little bit clunky. You You have people getting picked you know, in like the third or fourth round and you look up and you see the people who are drafted ahead of them and you're like, wait, how is that even remotely humanly possible? Right. Like there are names of like where people get drafted and you're like, wait, what? Who got, Sami Zayn got drafted like 30th? The current Intercontinental Champion who's incredibly entertaining (laughs) and awesome got drafted way down? Why? And that's the other thing too. Champions should be exempt from the draft. Like just, just exempt them. What about just doing a straight up title swap? I I have I don't like agreeing with Brian Brian Mann when he disses WWE, especially uh, with WCW involved. 
but he made the point that he thought the New Day Street Profits title swap was straight out of WCW at the end. It was absurd. It was absurd. And it's so funny, like, somebody asked me after the New Day was drafted to separate shows, like, where do I think this is going? And, um, you know, I I mentioned they could do this, they could do that, but I I don't, or they could swap the titles. It was the last thing I, I thought, and I typed it out in the reply to the tweet and then i deleted it because i was like that's just absurd they're not they're not gonna just swipe swap the titles like that makes no sense well and then lo and behold (laughs) on monday (laughs) literally just swap the titles and i'm just like like amicably with no beef no they just swap the titles I would have even preferred if, like, they kept their titles and had to defend it on the other show until they lost it. And then, like, all right, now you lost the Raw Tag Team Championships, go to SmackDown, no rematch. And then same for the New Day. You lost the SmackDown Championships, go to Raw, no rematch, deal with it over there. But, like, a straight-up swap. It's it's the laziest thing ever. It's like we didn't even bother thinking this through. Yeah, is the path of least resistance, but we watch we watch wrestling for the resistance, for the conflict, for the like that's what we come for. So that that made no sense. It was not at all the way to service the fans or anybody. Yeah, I don't. I don't really, think it devalued the titles, but it was dumb. Yeah, I I don't really know. I don't know who benefited from it. It's, yeah, except you just sit there going, wait, that's all you. It's that simple. It's like it's like when um Bob uh, Rob Manfred. The Major League Baseball commissioner a couple years ago referred to the, the the World Series trophy as a stupid piece of metal. I'm like, wait, why would you? <laughs> it's yours. Um, <laughs> all right, but um, there was more uh, in this draft, and and listen, I heard a lot of mixed reviews on the draft. Most of it negative, but I can say there were some primary people who moved around. Like it feels like there was a, a real mix between. Big names who moved and big names who did not move. Was there anyone you expected to see move who did not or vice versa? Um, I did not expect to see Seth move, and he did. He's on SmackDown now. Um, And then once I saw Seth move, I didn't expect to see that entire feud uh, move with him, with uh, Ray and Dominic and Buddy Murphy all now being being uh, drafted to SmackDown. And I guess I would say, that's a good point, and I would say I was surprised that The Fiend moved. Um, I really assumed that because of The Fiend's popularity and how big and sort of cartoonish the character is, that The Fiend would live on SmackDown for a while. Yeah. Yeah, same, especially because he became such a presence, like the Firefly Funhouse and everything on SmackDown that I'm with you. I didn't see that being a thing that happened, but And and wouldn't you know, you know it? Are. Wouldn't you know it coincidentally coincidentally, not only did the fiend move, but so did Alexa Bliss. What do you know? <laughs> By the way, that's another weird inconsistent thing about the draft. Deciding who goes in pairs and who goes separately. Yeah, it's why were Ray and Dominic so Ray and Dominic had to be a pair. They're not even a tag team. No, they're literally just father and son. Like, did Ray have to sign a permission slip to let Dominic go to SmackDown? He wouldn't do it unless he came. Like, what was the deal with that? Because um, Jimmy Uso and Naomi, they're married and they got separated. Well, we don't know because the Usos weren't drafted. Jay Uso was drafted. Oh, that's right. Jimmy wasn't. He was left out because he's hurt, I guess. Yeah, Jimmy wasn't drafted. That's a good point. That's a good point. By the way, doesn't Jimmy have to be back soonish? I believe January is when he's um, is when he's due back. And and also, uh, if we were to look at the overall order here, SGG. That's where I think you really start getting into trouble and getting annoyed. Yeah, because like you said, some of the stuff doesn't doesn't make sense in terms of you know you know draft order. 
because I mean, obviously the first round, you know, they pick up their heavy hitters. Let's let's not even let's not beat around the bush with that. But then, you know, Mandy Rose being drafted above the new day. And like that's the entire new day, right? That's like big E on the SmackDown and Woods and Kofi going to Raw. Mandy Rose was drafted above. By the way, so was above the, them. By the way, so was Naomi, who hasn't yeah. who hasn't really had anything. And I, you know, I love her personally. She hasn't had anything meaningful on TV in a very long time, and she went above. Naomi went above her brother-in-law Jay Uso, who's currently in the midst of the biggest thing going. Yeah, the hottest thing smoking, and she went above. Jay. <laughs> and she and she's been like just waiting for an opportunity. She went ahead of and and so did Mandy Rose ahead of Big E and the New Day. Um, ahead of Otis, Mr. Money in the Bank. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, wouldn't you think Money, uh, Mr. Money in the Bank, regardless of who he is, would go very high? You would think. You would think. And then even on Monday, uh, I mean, Andrade doesn't doesn't even go drafted. So any name you name, <laughs> you know, they went higher than Andrade. That, and that includes Lana, Riddick Moss, um, Daba Kato, Lacey Evans. Andrade didn't even get drafted. <clears throat> I mean, listen, Nikki Cross went ahead of Alistair Black. Um, so did R Truth. Now, R Truth for entertainment purposes, that's fair. You could put him very high. That is, and he is a champion right now. Twenty four seven championship is still active. Lars Sullivan ahead of Sami Zayn. Yeah, absurd. Absurd. I, I thought I didn't even I wasn't even sure Lars Sullivan was coming back. That is a that is a risky move. It is. People do not seem excited about the return of Lars Sullivan. I, I am not. And do you know what I noticed too? Hmm. Lars Sullivan came back and he attacked Jeff Hardy. And if memory serves me correctly, when people were like digging through some of his old statements. One of them was that Jeff Hardy is a talentless junkie or something to that effect. Wow. So, so to have him come back and attack Jeff Hardy, I mean, you know, we skid on these podcasts that we, we talk about everything. But one thing that we have to say, like, right here, is that them Hardy boys, they are pros. Because when you think about Matt Hardy with the Edge storyline and now Jeff Hardy even approving being a part of anything Lars Sullivan, they 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 do business. Those Hardy Boys. No, no, they're they're there to work. I mean, that's yeah. Jeff Jeff shows up. This is Jeff is Jeff is a consummate. I know I I know it's hard to call Jeff Hardy the consummate professional because of his past, and he's certainly had some moments that were not that of the consummate professional. But this stage, Jeff Hardy, he's showing up every day with his lunch pail ready to work, and, and right. Keep cashing these checks, um, and and stacking until he can't stack no mo. <laughs> but um, the Lars Sullivan thing, like, without even going into the whole controversy around him, right? My problem with Lars starts as a character. Those, these are how often do these work? The yeah. vision, the vision of like he's a monster. It's, I mean, man, I just have visions of Snitsky, you know. Yeah. I really and 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 there, and there have been so many, you know, um, just these big guys that you don't really know what they bring to the table besides being big. Heidenreich, um. It wasn't as big as Lars, but if you just if we were to sit here and think about it, we could come up with a many. What was it Tyson? Tyson Tomko. Tyson Tomko. Um, another just big dude, you know. Um, very rarely. It's just like they have to have either some unusual charisma or athleticism. I don't believe. Based on what I've seen, that Lars has either of those. Yeah, no. You know? And, and going back to what you said, too, about, you know, like these big, big guys that get pushed as monsters. I don't know how they manage to do it every time, but they 
they sort of book themselves into a corner with that because if you're not going to just give them the title and let them go on like a dominant run, it's like that that Hogan booking, right? They book them as monsters and they build them up until they run into the champion and then the champion sort of just like destroys them or overcomes. Um, Cena was the same way. And in WCW back in the day, you had them do the sort of the opposite where like Vader was that big monster, got the push, and then he went on a, like a reign of terror. <laughs> he had the title. He thrashed everybody. He lost it, thrashed them, and came right back into the title picture. The WWE approach is generally the opposite. You build yeah, up WWE to it, then lose. You know, Umaga didn't get the title put on him. Shameful, too. So that you end up lo- so you end up not winning. And then, you know, they were able to get a little bit more out of him. I think I think after that was then was the Lashley thing first? At Mania twenty three? No, that I m- think the Lashley thing was like towards the end. And you think Cena was first? I think so, because didn't he have Cena when he was the Armando? Yeah. Armando Alejandro Estrada. (laughs) Oh, man. So, yeah, but you're right. You're right. And so you do end up getting booked into a corner. Because what are you supposed to do? I'd be shocked if the Lars thing works out. If they're able to figure out how to make this character mean something. And the personal stuff, listen, it's not that I, uh, people make mistakes, okay, maybe you give someone second chances, but beyond that, I don't think this really, there's such a, it's going to be such an uphill battle to make it work, such an uphill battle. And then on top of that, now you already have the crowd, a certain segment of the crowd working, rooting against him. Yeah, and also you have (laughs) Lars is not helping the situation himself. Like Lars is making it, you know, Lars doesn't do himself any favors. So he finds himself on SmackDown. And uh, wait, hold on. This is exciting. A mid-show run-in? Could it be? Oh, yeah. Uh, 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 uh. What's happening? There he is. Dipper Fiend all the way from Dipper Fiend Ranch. And I'm upstairs where there's carpet. Oh, it sound, how, <laughs> SGG, how much Beautiful. better does he sound upstairs? Beautiful. Crystal clear. So, now listen, um, you're joining late in the show, so we can't completely start over, but we were just complaining. There's just so much for Dip to complain about this week. Well, you I know mean, what? Let, what? Me, let me just say, if, if you're feeling, you know, Jewish, and you're a great podcaster, then Peter Rosenberg is remaining on Raw. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you yeah. want to? What do you want to complain about first? The I dra- think he's here at the right time, though, because the crazy, the craziest thing of the week is the fact that retribution yes. was drafted. We didn't There's get there yet. We didn't get there yet. We didn't get there. No, that's next. There's nothing else to talk about. That's it. I know. I know. How could a group whose goal is to destroy Raw and rip WWE from its perch and strip it limb from limb? That is their goal and their gimmick. And... In the second round, they decide we need these guys. We need them on our team. Honestly, just come out. All you have to do is come out and say, we've talked to the powers that be, and while they are signed members of WWE, Retribution is not eligible for the draft. They signed a contract with Monday Night Raw. They're not in the draft. The second they're in the draft... You're telling me a show would elect to bring these monsters on board? Right. It, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's yeah, look, we all know that I live in a kayfabe only. I live a kayfabe only lifestyle. Um, and I, you know, you're a kayfabe just, girl in a kayfabe world. That's right. That's exactly what I am. And it's just it. That is just. It, it was a big blow to me. Yeah, they made it. I, they I made it challenging. They I made it challenging. I, I was hyperventilating. I was dry heaving. With good <laughs> with good reason, by the way. Very good reason. Um, and uh, 
I got to tell you, I don't think the other problem I have with the draft is that I don't think that people who are not active wrestlers should be drafted. Charlotte, unless she's coming back today, should not be drafted. It's like, oh, this person who's been gone for nine months, and when she comes back at some point, this is where she's going to be. It's right. like it, it, it ruins the element of surprise. It just, right. Why not just leave that open and let her show up when she shows up? Uh, exactly. And, and it's inconsistent, SGG, because if you can draft Charlotte, why would you, you not be able to draft Jimmy Uso? Yeah. And why would the Usos right now not be drafted as a tag team? I mean, I guess Jay Uso is the, the thing going, so they choose to leave him out. But, I mean, they are one of the best tag teams in the entire company. You'd think someone would want yeah. them. They're a multi-time champion. Especially since they broke up a few tag teams um, in the draft. They're one of the only tag teams left. I mean, and I mean, and if I was, I'm not going to be a jerk and go through the list of people that you did draft, but I could list a lot of people who were drafted who we would all agree probably would have wanted to grab the Usos ahead of them. But, like, I mean, that's my problem with the order in general. They need to rethink this entire thing. The entire draft concept could be really fun and done really well and I believe it has been basically a perpetual disappointment since the second it started. No, the first one was pretty good. The first, the first one, but they never caught that lightning again. Well, that goes all the way back to what oh three. Yeah. Yeah, it's a long time. Can I just say I think they should get rid of it completely? It's ridiculous. There's no one in charge of both brands. Stephanie McMahon hasn't been on television in, in a year right. since the last draft. Why do what does she have to do? I know I understand she's an authority figure, but there at least has to be two parties who are consulting about who is going to be on each side, not just who chose it. Raw chose it, right? SmackDown chose it. It's And by the way, or or maybe you could, okay. Here's where Stephanie would make sense if they explain to us that there are people who run Raw and there are people who run SmackDown. But the McMahons, their goal is to make both shows even and great. So this is what they're picking for each show. And that's why Stephanie McMahon comes out. Give me some explanation as to why it's her choice. This goes to my point that there needs to be. Oh, I've made this point for the five years I've been doing this podcast with you guys. That there always needs to be an A-plus storyline. There needs to be the who is fighting over control of the company higher than just the who's fighting for the title. There needs to be the NWO storyline. There needs to be the authority storyline. The Vince McMahon storyline. There needs to be the higher authority storyline. And a draft could play into whatever that is at the moment. Even if it's, even if it's spending a month to six weeks building a, Shane versus Stephanie type of thing where Stephanie is not into Raw Underground or Stephanie enters Raw Underground, whatever, anything to integrate the McMahons together so that it feels like they're warring and one side is on SmackDown, one side's on Raw. There needs to be something integrated into the, into the show so that there is a, you know at least warring factions, even if it's a six-week buildup to the draft to make the draft interesting what we have here is basically just stephanie who is a great character on television just coming out and randomly saying little quips and giving no rhyme or reason as to why this is even happening yeah so it's really disappointing and it's it feels like it was thrown together at the last minute and then i i also don't like like dabakato for me is awesome i'm a fan i like his look something great could come of him for sure. And like, he's just randomly like, okay, he's, you've seen him, you saw him a month ago. Right. And, and now he's drafted. So instead of, now him, he's just yeah. drafted. it's like, ugh, who need what? And then they're again in kayfabe, otherworldly figures like the fiend and retribution and people who are outside of the realm of should not be included in the draft. No, of course right. you can't draft a demon. He's not a real person. He's a, He's a figment of Bray Wyatt's imagination. Why? Why? He lives in the funhouse. Yeah. Here's, he lives in the funhouse. Here's a question. Why? I wonder what the logic is on the lack of authority figures. I've been watching 2002. And SGG, I've changed since we started, and I'm wearing, as you can see, the I Mage see Booker T-shirt. 
and I do remember that. Um, I'm watching. Nice. I'm watching around this time, 2002, and the McMahon's are very big at this time. Stephanie's relationship with Triple H is very big. Vince sure. McMahon is very big. Around this era, you had Paul Heyman showing up with Brock Lesnar. At other points, you had Eric Bischoff as an authority figure, Steve Austin. All these different people would be authority figures at different points in the early 2000s. Why right now, when they hired, uh, when they announced that Paul Heyman and Bruce Prichard were taking over Raw and SmackDown, they should have put each one of them on TV as the authority figure. Absolutely. Yeah. That would have been yeah. great. Bruce That's Pritchard, Bruce, Bruce well, Pritchard, who's become legitimately hot as a podcast star, give we, him the actual on-air job. You, we they know need. the answer. Sorry, SGG. You, we know the answer as to why there's no – the McMahons aren't a thought. Triple H is running the company. Stephanie McMahon is the, is the second highest-ranking person at the company besides Vince. And Vince has phased himself out of, of television for the most part. So it's not – these people, you know, they don't have they, they can't memorize lines every week and have to be associated with the creative every single week. But they don't uh, need to. They don't. Right. Need I to. agree. I agree. They could they could create other authority figures and make other people whatever. I mean, I don't. The last time they had this was Kurt Angle and whatever, which was terrible. You know, he's, right. But then you know, why? Go, and, then, and then when honestly, they, it's honestly it's so simple. Right. Make the McMahons as the GMs. Give Stephanie one. Give Shane one. Adam Pierce answers to both of them. He run, that's why he pops up on Raw Fine. and SmackDown, doing whatever. He's there week to week. They come in when you need something special, and then when they have an issue, Vince comes in because he's the Jack Tunney, and he makes all it's, the It's so you're, you're right, SGG. That's it. And by the way, guess what? Dipperstein's talking about an A-plus storyline. The A-plus storyline is the real-life storyline of who's actually going to take over the WWE one day. Right. It's a real-life yeah. storyline. They are not there, dude. He's, they're not there. It's, it's going to take something terrible to happen for that to even be in the, unfortunately, for that to, of course, we don't want that, but, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a drastic situation for, for that. That, that, that this should be... This, they have to have a contingency plan, though, right? Like that this, we we shouldn't even have to talk about that. This should all just be what we're doing. Because... I got to tell you, we need to see Triple H on television. It's time to get Triple H back on TV. It's time. I'm what, ready for Triple. But if H. they don't give him a good role, what's the role? They need to. What's his figure? Like, is he is he the head of Raw? Is he the head of SmackDown? And then the bottom line is, I mean, the truth is, I think most of his time is spent on NXT. Yeah, that's where he spends his time. Which, which by the way, we could talk about that. We'll talk about NXT in a sec, unless you guys have already talked about it. We have not. Um, um, I don't know. Whatever his role is, it, as an authority figure, whatever it is, I'd love to see him wrestle. I, I you know, I, I what, whatever the case may be, it's time for an A plus storyline. And Retribution was, and and I guess is that it's the A minus. I mean, it's it it is it, Retribution is the let's see what happens every week with this scenario. But now, is, but now they're just you know, a wrestling they faction. But now yeah. they're just wrestlers. But we haven't they really seen until them. they dra- got drafted to Raw. Like, right. Now we'll see what they do with them. But up until this point, they were the an A-plus-esque A-plus adjacent storyline. And that and that was the reason, personally, for me that I was tuning in every week the last six weeks, just to see, oh, maybe they'll do something with Retribution this week. Oh, let's see if who's revealed as the leader. Blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, I and I don't hate what they've done with it now. I, I don't hate it. I really, I don't, I don't, I'm sorry. I, 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 there's plenty of criticism about it. They shouldn't have been in the draft. They should sort of be on a different level in the draft as far as disruption in the, in the brand. I agree, but it hasn't been terrible. But it's, and it's Ali terrible. and Ali was a great choice. Ali was a great, yeah. I love Ali in that role. I think, I think we'll it's, see a, what it, we'll see what he does. I think we'll it's see. a great opportunity. I mean, let me tell you this. I like Ali though. There's no I one, like who, there's no one who jumps out who I think it should have been over Ali. And he could make the most of this, and it could be great. But I do hope if they just become a wrestling faction, and also, I got to say, for how important they've been on TV, the Hurt Business were like a footnote on Monday. A footnote. What? what, Them being drafted should have been a big deal. MVP should have been lobbying. Oh, he's on the phone. He's talking to SmackDown and to Raw. Everyone wants the Hurt Business. Where are they going to go? They're trying to set up a deal. They treated them like nothing. Nothing with that. 
those little nuances are things that like and you know not to not to disrespect anybody working over there but like you have to wonder how much they know about these actual sports things because they don't lean into enough of them like they don't lean into that even with like the draft with some of these picks feeling like they come out of left field like a draft board, like like having them sit down, like a pregame thing, like these are the people in the draft pool, this is what they bring to the table, like something like that. They did it with the Cruiserweight Classic. They did it with the Mae Young Classic. Like a, a simple network special, like hyping up the superstars in the draft for the particular day and like what they add to, to wrestling, what they could do is just something that could have hyped up this draft a little bit better, but instead it was just like names on a wall, we'll pick this person and it just all felt random, like... Yeah, I mean, there there was no backstory to the draft in any way at all whatsoever. And it's like, it, it just, it, it's so silly when they put up, you know, like, you know, I, I love Tom to death, you know, personally and professionally, Phillips, but it's like, you know, and they, I know they make him do this, of course, but every single time they they bring some, they, they, they Oscar, and then they list the stats. So six time this, seven time that, eight time this. She won this Rumble. She won that Battle Royal. She did, 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 did. I mean, everyone's won a hundred things already. It doesn't matter. I know SDG will disagree, but these stats and how many times they win the championship and did this and that. I mean, there's 300 titles. They change hands every three weeks in the nineties and eighties. It make the difference. Hogan won the title, you know, throughout all of. Although the funny, although, although, although to support your argument, there's, there's never been a more meaningful champion probably in the company than Hulk Hogan. I, the number he held the title isn't even a big thing. No, I know. Oh, no. Yeah. Just, but that's but isn't that interesting? To the I point was, to the point you're making. To the point you're making. They're obsessed with listing accolades, but the most important superstar of all time, no one knows the stats of his accolades. It doesn't matter. He's right, Hulk Hogan. Saying, like, it's so crazy. Right, of course. That's really funny. That isn't that, that but it's the exact it's like how could they not like it, 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 so I see what you're saying. You can list all these things all you want. I mean, obviously I'm not going to have the same problem with it dip does. He has a problem with things that are absolutely insane. By the way, do you want 5 <laughs> minutes to yell about the sound? You sure. It, it's Here we go. It's the, the sound it, it, it's just there there is it is bothering me to such a degree that it's almost, it's making me, I can't watch it. Oh, when you say the sound, just clear it up for the people. Okay, okay. I have no problem with the Thunderdome. It looks cool. It's well-constructed. I like what they've done. I like the way the whole staging looks. Everything looks cool. I'm into it. But when somebody in the, in the, in the has the mic, lower the volume of the moaning crowd. Ooh. Ooh. In the background, it sounds crazy. You have Randy Orton talking. You have Drew McIntyre talking. You have Roman Reigns talking. You have people, and it's drowned out by moaning and groaning and fake boos and fake ahs. I mean, an entire Super Bowl stadium full of people don't sound that profound. In their defense, it does sound how it sounds with the crowd. (laughs) SGG, you are wrong. Crowds talk over the promos all the time. Now, it, it, but you're yes, talking about you're talking about two different things. He's talking. No crowd, though, dude. He's talking about there's the no mix. Crowd. If the crowd genuinely sounded like that, then great. It's not the crowd. <laughs> it's either, it's, it's, I don't even know what it is. Is it either the it's the is it the ambient noise of the Thunderdome people or is it just no the no noise no? It's, it's it's piped no, in. It's, it's, the, it's piped. the piped it's in. Piped in. It, it's. You're talking. He's talking about. You're talking about the mix. You're talking about the mix. You do not like the mix. Yes, I do not like the mix. Any sound person on earth can listen to this and be like, they're drowning out Randy Orton. You can barely hear what he's saying. And it it makes every segment where people are talking in the ring sound less important because you can barely hear their voice. Dipperstein. It sounds terrible. Listen, I love it's you. Every week I look forward to hearing your texts about the sound. Dude, I'm sorry. It's objective. It does not sound right. Stop yourself. <laughs> Okay. I can't it wait. Sounds, I can't it's wait. Drowning out storylines. I can't wait. None, I'm ex- very excited for you to go back and hear this podcast because during your entire promo you just cut, I was playing loud, obnoxious sounds, blocking over you. You're saying <laughs> you can hear some of it, but then the applause get too loud. People won't be able to hear a word. Are you piping in? Oh, I'm piping in sound. <laughs> All right, Rosenberg Beats at gmail.com. Uh, email us. That's we'll get. It? 
We got to go. That's this, all we get. You get the, we, we, this is the second taping, and you missed the first taping, and you missed the beginning of the second taping. I know. People want you, by the way, though, they're, you've barely been on the show the last few weeks. They'll be desperate for more next week. I know. By the way, I'm sorry. I was making calls to potentially make you richer. You know what? That's very, very important, and I think the Cheap Heat universe appreciates that. Yeah, we do. We definitely do. <laughs> SGG, Dip, uh, do me a favor. Everyone, enjoy your weekend, and if you're into looking for a sporting event to watch on Saturday night, it's going to be a great fight on ESPN. Vasily Lomachenko against Teofimo Lopez is going to be a hell of a fight. Free TV, 10 o'clock Eastern, Saturday night on ESPN. Um, do me a favor, guys, and stay mage, please. Yeah, yeah, stay mage for sure. Definitely. Enjoy yourselves. Yeah. And oh, and I meant to say this also, and I mean this sincerely, so don't think I'm being generic. Please take it easy. It's professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. At this time, I would like to introduce in the corner to my left. Sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. And then I went to makeup and like sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce. Shout out to that guy, Greg. Red Heart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. Mage. Mage.